Welcome to the SFM Roundup on the 3rd of November 2015. I'm John Cole, and after a weekend where Celtic strengthened their position at the top of the league, St Johnson are now emerging as the other form team, recovering from a terrible start to the season, and they've now won their last five games and fourth in the table after their 4 2 victory at Hamilton. Celtic Aberdeen match at the weekend, uh, I thought the first half was very evenly contested, but the turning point was most definitely the lunge at Chris Commons by Ash Taylor, which gave away a penalty and ended the match as a contest. Ha- uh, sorry, uh, Aberdeen, I think, and I assume, uh, have got too much quality not to come back. Uh, they were very impressive, I thought, in the first half, and uh, just at the moment having to weather the storm. Hearts also shrugged off their midweek disappointment with an impressive 4 nothing win at Firhill to go second in the table. Meanwhile, Inverness and Dundee shared the points at the Tullock and Motherwell and Dundee United recorded their first wins under new managers. They both won 1-0. United against Ross County, Tannadice and Motherwell at the ever-worsening Kilmarnock. In the Championship, um, it was Hibs 2, Rangers 1 bringing to an end Rangers 100% league record and Alan, Hub, uh, Alan Stubbs sorry, uh, said he was very happy that the Hibs had made a, a positive statement in the match. Uh, it was actually very uh, interesting uh, and surprising for me w- w- when you look at the, the fallout after this match because Stubbs said that he was delighted obviously these players had proved they could beat Rangers. Uh, uh, Jason Cummins and Paul Hanlon both scoring uh, <coughs> excuse me, in a 2-1 win. Uh, they cut the gap to only five points. Uh, Stubbs said, I wanted to make a statement that we were in there and that we were going to chase Rangers as much as we can. Uh, they've had an unbelievable start, but we're only five points behind and that tells you how good we've been. And that is the thing that surprises me. They're only five points behind uh, after the, what is undeniably a wonderful start uh, to Mark Warburton's career as, as Rangers manager. How is that going to pan out? Nobody knows, but it's certainly not without interest. Uh, the Glamour matches in League Two. East Fife lost one nothing at home to Annan, and our both lost two nothing away to Elgin. Bad news all round. For as we know, Scottish football needs and requires a strong both. Off the field, uh, near Beaton signed a contract with Celtic until 2020. Um, I'm making the assumption that since he has started to come into his own, emerging as a player of uh, of some worth, that, uh, that that's a good move for Celtic's point of view, because I would think like a few players before him, he will be he will be moved on uh, if he continues his improvement and uh, maybe make some money uh, for the Scottish champions. The United uh, are, have applied for a work permit to sign Japanese goalkeeper uh, Eiji Kawashima. Uh, they have, he's a Japanese international goalkeeper who was, I think, recently, uh, 30 years of age, recently, uh, he was with Standard Liège, but was he was released in the summer. Good news for former the United manager Jackie McNamara, or potentially good news, uh, is uh, that he's in the runnings with the new manager of English League Two club York City. Jackie is a seriously formidable bloke. His babyface countenance, really belies uh, a completely different inner character uh, altogether and uh, is he a manager though I, I honestly don't know um, but uh, best of luck to him best of luck also to Kenny McDowell uh, briefly the caretaker boss at, uh, at Rangers uh, and uh, he could make a return to football he's even when he's assistant at St Mirren um, uh, in fact McDowell uh, played at St Mirren 
as a player, most notably uh, with St Mirren. Uh, in fact, that news may well have been confirmed by the time anybody hears this, uh, so don't blame me for being too late. Meanwhile, the Daily Record and the Herald are claiming that Sports Direct have complained to the English courts that Dave B King has been in breach of a court order to keep details of contracts between them, Sports Direct, and Rangers. Uh, it appears that the story is also two weeks old. Uh, if it's true, uh, I, don't, I don't really know if it is. I think there's probably a bit of sabre rattling going on here, but the courts don't miss about the contempt charges, which it's alleged that uh, the, the king is in contempt of court. Uh, obviously, had he been jailed for that, we would have heard by this time, I think after two weeks, uh, I think we'd also have heard probably even more loudly if the courts had not considered that king's actions constituted contempt. So my conclusion, uh, squirrel. Notably, incidentally, neither paper, uh, that's the Herald, uh, or the Daily Record, as Sports Direct or King for a comment. No quotes at all, just, oh, we hear that. Totally not true. Uh, the story which does have some substance is the Evening Times story about uh, Sports Direct thwarting a Rangers charity. The story re revolves around the facsimile of an original uh, season ticket holder belonging to the late Colin Jackson. Uh, which carries Rangers branding. Uh, the Evening Times alleges a sight of a letter from Sports Direct to Rangers which asked Rangers to deal with what they, Sports Direct, again, call an infringement on their IP rights, which uh, Sports Direct currently own. Uh, on the other hand, oh, sorry, on the one hand, the, the proceeds of the sales are going to the former Rangers players benevolent fund. So it does seem a bit Scrooge-like of Sports Direct to be taking this action uh, because it is without any shadow of a doubt, a good cause. Uh, on, on the other hand, they, they, they may see it as a foot in the door exercise by some of the fan groups who are organising the sales of these, of these items to enforce their boycott of Rangers branded goods where Sports Direct would be the beneficiaries. Uh, and on the whole though, you would expect that each and every proposal to use intellectual property should be considered on its merits. And I think on this occasion it probably should and perhaps would have been granted. The question is, and nobody's asked this question, is did they actually seek permission? I don't know whether they did. And that's maybe a question that, that should be getting asked. Of course your reaction will be interesting in any or all of these matters and I look forward to reading your comments. This has been the SFM Roundup on the 3rd of November 2015 and just before we go, on this day in history, in 1534, England's Parliament met and passed an Act of Supremacy which made King Henry VIII head of the English Church, a role formerly held by the Pope. On this day in 1718, John Montague was born, he's the fourth, fourth Earl of Sandwich who gave his name to the Sandwich Islands and allegedly to the Sandwich as a result of his reluctance to leave gaming tables requiring instead a quick and easy snack. 1919 on this day the birth of Sir Ludovic Kennedy, the Scots-born journalist, broadcaster, humanist and author also known for his role in the abolition of the death penalty in the UK. On this day in 1941 English broadcaster Roy Plumley conceived the idea for Desert Island Discs programme was first broadcast a few months later in January 1942. Uh, in 1942, uh, in World War II, the Battle of El Alamein took place on the 3rd of November. The British 8th Army, com commanded by General Montgomery, broke through the German front line, 
having taken 9,000 prisoners and destroyed 300 tanks. Very auspiciously from a Scots point of view, in 1948 on this day, Lulu was born. She was born Marie MacDonald McLaughlin Laurie in Deniston. And sadly, in this day in 2002, Lonnie Donegan, the singer, musician and legendary Scaffold King, died at the age of 71. Look forward to hearing from you all. My name is John Cole. We'll see you later.